Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Good Podcast, episode 12, we are on, 12, and I'm here joined by my Huckleberry, Nick <laughs> Staniforth. Hello, Mr. Sawyer. Hello, um, Doc Holiday. Ha- mate, can we just discuss the, the biggest perk of this week that we'll be, we'll be dissecting is the fact that we can actually see each other. I don't know why we've held it off yeah. for so long, but I can see your face and I've missed it. It is very round. I mean, if you wanted to see, you could just look out at the full moon and you'd get a wee shot of it. Just put some googly eyes on it. It'd be like Mighty Bush. Like Bear in the Big Blue House. Everybody look at the moon. <laughs> um, Love it, man. That's the, that's the You see, that's the, that just shows the divide between me and you. You refer to Mighty Bush and I refer to Bear in the Big Blue House. I don't know why my television viewing is so different to yours. But anyway, how you been? Because I raised my kids properly. <laughs> on, the, on the Mighty Bush. They know who old Greg is to stay away from him. I mean, it's fair Don't advice. Don't go out in Swan Lake. It's fair advice. Anyway, film podcast. Not a Mighty Bush podcast. No. That's coming out next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brought to you by the so, Fox. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> mate, another week, right? Yeah. And again, right, again. Again. The news isn't slowing down. It's not. It's actually getting quicker. <laughs> and it's also being like... Russian knickered in this podcast, so will we just put some news out that they like? <laughs> I think we'll do that. Let's just put out three absolute bangers that's going to cause Nick to have a hemorrhage because he's got to write about four articles in 25 minutes. <laughs> Mate, it's like, we were, we, we've said it we said it for like the past four weeks. We've, we just, we were so wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like Numero Passive so Prometheus. Wrong. We were so wrong. We shouldn't have gone. Um, but it's like I, I think Prometheus is just wrong in general. That's very true. Just saying. Um, I think it's I think it's not the fact that it's it's just been so rapid. It's been so massive in terms of news. Like the biggest the biggest thing we can talk about. Well, you take the helm. You take it because you're you can be a news reporter. Right. It, what I was going to say was basically that new. I was going to say New York. New York. Hollywood have essentially hit the fuck it bucket. <laughs> they just went like, do you know what? Just. Do you know what today, son? We've got nothing else planned. Just you go and do that. Just you go and do that. You, you know what, George Miller? You're getting on, son. You want to make a few years of uh, prequel? On you go, son. Fill your boots. Rushy will like that. Rushy's got a wee soft spot for that movie. Rushy likes that movie. Go and make it. I thought you were just. I thought you were speaking to yourself in the third person there. Like Rushy likes Some, that. Sometimes film. I do that. <laughs> um, I, mate, I'm. I know this has been talked about for quite some time, purely because George Miller, I think, had issues with Warner Brothers in terms of when Fury Road came out, so it got held off for a bit. But he's always had, since he de- sort of devised Furiosa turning up in that world, he's always had a plan for it, and now it's definitely happening. I think what's interesting is the common... The big news, obviously, is the fact that, yeah, as you said, George Miller's making a, a, a Furiosa prequel, so we'll learn about Charlize Theron's character, how she got to be you know end up in um in Morton Joe well I just take this how he ended up in Morton Joe's hands how she lost her yeah. arm yeah how she lost her arm and what what point she went you know what I've fucking had enough um I'm it's weird I, we've had this conversation before I'm very much not against prequels but I always I'm a bit reluctant because I feel that if you do a prequel any sense of peril or danger is null and void because you go well i know you're going to make this because you're in another film after this that's it's, true do you know what i mean it's it's like it makes no it makes no issue with me um 
what I am interested about is the potential casting for her because um, as has been also confirmed with it being a prequel and her being younger, the, the original effort was that was being considered was they were going to de-age her, i.e. Uh, most of the Marvel sort of senior staff. Do they? Like Michael Douglas Irishman? and Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah, Irish. And they were going to Irishman it, basically. Cover her up in dots and try and polish her up. Even though that woman is timeless anyway. So why Doesn't need do polished, it? man. Looks better than me. <laughs> wear shaved... T- you know what I mean? I don't look good with a shaved head. Um, but She's putting actual so, yeah. grease in her head and she still looks immaculate. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> some, some people just got it, you know? Um, but yeah, so the news is that a, a Furious of prequels on the way. It will be a younger version. And recently, the, the common sort of rumours were that Jodie Comer was going to be was is in talks to take over the role now. Jodie Comer, people will know from um, Killing Eve as Villanelle, and you know she was that's that's the that's the gig that's basically shot her into the stratosphere in terms of her career. She's just done so well from that. In truth, admittedly, at the moment, season three is out. I'm not a massive fan of what's going on. However, her character is the reason you keep coming back because she's so good in it, and it's it's like it's very much no one else can play Furiosa. And then that name get, got mentioned. I was like, right, okay, fair enough. You've got my attention now. Um, yeah. What do you think with with this particular like choice or potential choice? Well, I and called how it. How do you feel about <laughs> when, when we when we recorded the when we recorded the earlier? We, we mentioned about a Furiosa film, and mm. everyone was going to be the agent. And I said they could just get a younger actress. There's nothing to stop them, right? And yeah. I was you know I was bang on the money. So just a we chalk up there for me. We point. <laughs> um, I ain't got to be yes. great. So when I you mean, go to see might... Furiosa prequel, just thank Rushy, basically. Yeah, just thank me, basically, because that's why it happened. Me and George Miller are like that. We're tight. <laughs> like two peas in a pod. Um, and a very wrinkly pod. Um, <laughs> it's great. I mean, the, ca- the the actual script was written way before Mad Max Fury Road was even made, and the cast have seen it, so let's find right. out what happened. It's made... it. it it's made its way into some of the pages of the, the comic books that were brought out after it, whereby they actually gave every character a backstory. So right. you had even Doof Warrior, who's the guy that plays the flamethrower guitar, he had yeah. a backstory. He's like the best right. guy ever. I mean, who, who? Mm. I mean, if you were saying this, right, post-apocalyptic world, world's going down the shitter, your, your job <laughs> is to stand on top of a big massive set of speakers and play a flamethrower guitar in your jammers. I'll take that job, thanks. That sounds like me. That's my application sorted. Do I mean, you, okay, he dies you, in the end, but you know, whatever. It it goes out rocking, mate. Have you have you read the the books, like the, the stories that you're referring to? Have you read I have them? read the Morton Joe one, um, right, okay. and I, and I was going to get my hands on the other ones, but at the time when I was looking into it, there was a bit of a price spike because it was in an right. area of interest for those comics. Again, it might be something I could go back and have a look at. Do right. I want to? Perhaps not. I maybe want to just see what this movie has to offer first. And then maybe look yeah. at it a bit further. Um, so, so with this de aging, what do you think of the choice? Because you're, I mean, admittedly, we're massive, we're massive fans of the film anyway. If you're a road, however, I feel like you're much of a bigger fan than me. What do you think of this as a pick as a repl- potential replacement for um, Charlize Theron? Good actress. I mean, that's all you really need. You don't need yeah. anything else. You know, in terms of a film like that, you, you're you're shaving her head. You're changing her so yeah. much already. I mean, you might yeah. not be shaving her head. That's. I mean, I've just made that assumption. But you might not shave yeah. her head. Shaving the head might come to the words the end of the, f- the film. Mm. But I th- there's so many different I, things I, I, that you could assume. But really, it's about yeah. is, there, is there a willingness to play that character, and can she portray that sort of character with 
the same sort of gusto as the mighty Ferron did. Yeah. And I'm I doing think... a lot of minority report stuff with my hands and <laughs> just moving stuff out the way. <laughs> I think I think she's got it unquestionably. I think if if they if she signed up for it, like my my interest level would double because I just I just honestly think I mean have you watched have you seen Killing Eve? Have you watched it any of the seasons? I've watched the first season. That was a long time ago. It's good. Um, it's not my particular thing, but it's one of those sort of things you kind of see. You see when it's on, you just kind of watch it, kind of in passing. But it's not. It's not my thing. Um, but again, you can still appreciate it for what it is. And I thought the acting was good. So I think. I mean, I think. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say. I think with a movie like this, it'll come down to the performances of each actor because again I think it'll go down the same route of there won't be a lot of verbal play it'll be very much you know conversation through props yeah conversation through props you know Mm. um, as well so again I think that's good yeah I am window I'm excited to see what she what if she gets picked so at the moment um, from a report from uh, The Hollywood Reporter um, George Miller said, for the longest time, I thought we could use CG de-aging for Charlie, on Charlize, but I don't think we're nearly there yet. Uh, despite the val- valiant attempts on the Irishman, I think we're still in an uncanny, uncanny valley. Uh, everyone in the verge of solving it, in particular Japanese video design, video game designers, but there's still a pretty wide valley, I believe. Uh, he's also reportedly been considering Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, who uh, you'll remember from Split. Um, and right, she's also yeah. Which... Uh, she was she was a, a name I remember being mentioned before Coma got mentioned. Um, though it now seems that she's in the running for it, and she's she's no talks have been had, but her name has been sort of thrown into the mix. Um, yeah, I'm. It's weird. Every time I think about it, I'm sort of conflicted. I think it's a really good idea. I think if she gets cast, that'll be that's a brilliant choice. And it's like I want to go back to that world. My frustration is. What story have you got to tell? That what what new story? What know. new? Not that. Like, why do I? My again, it goes back to my issue with prequels, and I don't know if I'm if you're the same on it or what's your thoughts on prequels. Where I know the ending, no matter what you tell me, the ending is, I still know the ending. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like it's it's. I think to, to you mentioned, but then like my, perfect, my perfect my perfect counter argument to that would be Rogue One, which is. Which is true. My issue, my my argument to that though is you didn't know any of the characters, so That's immediately true. that that removes that factor of we know how this will end. So the 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 well, no, we know how it will end, but we don't know where the characters will end up as a result of that. Mm. So with this, it's my issue of for if I compare it, and it's a really weird comparison. Like you straight away said, you know, we're going to find out how she lost her arm. So in my head, I picture one hundred and twenty-seven hours. Where you went to see James Franco cut his arm off, like that was the that was the selling point of this story about this guy who was trapped in a situation he couldn't get out of, and this was the extreme he had to go to. Um, and with this, I feel it will be a similar situation of there are certain things, you know, that you're th- th- there are certain uh, plot points that will need to cross off that you're aware of, and it's how did that happen? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just. I think I was always more looking forward to a sequel. I know a sequel got discussed a while ago, and I don't know if he's still got that planned. If he if he could, we could jump back and go forward a bit more. Um, but then, you know, what would happen with that particular character? Would it even would Furious even come back in a sequel? There's so much with um, that setting that you can do. 
Yeah. And I think I think as well, as great as she is, and she was undeniably that when the Fur- when the Fury Road came out, it was like, My God, this is actually Charlie Theron's film as much as Tom Hardy. The Hardy's. jewel in the movie, yep. Yeah. But it was still Tom Hardy stepping into massively sort of iconic shoes and doing a good job. And that I loved I I I think one of those standout moments for me, I think, in the film is is weirdly one of its quietest when she looks down and she sees him give the nod and he just blends into the crowd and disappears. And it's like, yep. where does he go from there? Because I, I was never a massive fan of the original trilogy, like Mel Gibson's trilogy. But I think okay. Tom Hardy brought something different to it in terms of a reservation and a, and a frustration that obviously fucking explodes in this film. And, you know, the amount of dialogue he has in it is fuck all. Like, you've got enough to cover a cereal packet, really. I think it's and 15 lanes or something like that. Really? So there you go. Yeah. So there you go, like... And I think he he deserves as much as a, a return trip as, as Furiosa's character does. Um, but yeah, so far, you know, fuck it. George Miller's making another Mad Max... Relate, Mad, another film in a Mad Max universe. And I'll eat so it up. Sign me up. Eat it up. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? We'll go and um, see it no matter what, you know just for shit getting blown up everything will go boom that is a certainty and one thing speaking that... oh go on go on i was gonna say one thing that made our minds go boom because i i can't i can't fucking believe this happened mate like i can't i can't <laughs> so the biggest news of this week schneider cut it's just like what the fuck like like it was a myth wasn't it it was. It was finally happening. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, fifteen, sixteen people standing outside Warner Brothers Studios in costumes, raging because they didn't see their version of Justice League, and yeah. everyone was like, "You're you're mad. This is the unicorn. This is the white whale. You'll never see it." And now, Warner Brothers, like you, like you've so delicately put, have spunked thirty million up a wall to HBO and gone, right, Zach, get yourself back in, do whatever you wanted to do, get your reshoots done. Get your reshoots done, and we'll go for a four-hour Justice League film. Now, you're, you know, in this in this particular category, you are undeniably more of a comic book fan than me. I've I'm, I know my knowledge, and I've got my, you yep. know, I've seen all the DCU films, the good ones, the bad ones, and the fucking well, the Justice League basically. Um, the bat, the bat nipple you, suits. <laughs> where do you where do you stand on this news? And what do you anticipate for it as a result? What do you what are you looking forward to seeing now you know this is happening? So when it started getting rumoured, I started looking at articles where he was talking and he was saying I had pictured this and I had pictured that and we had all these plans, you know, Martian Manhunter, all these sort of expanded plans to bring about the universe because they were essentially doing what Avengers did backwards. They were trying to do Okay, they had Batman versus Superman, but they were trying to bring in the full list of characters for the main seven, and then they were going to go off and do their single films. Obviously, it didn't pan out like that because Henry Cavill turned up with a tash, which he also <laughs> rocked. Which he also rocked when he went and did the the watch along party for Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, and it was hilarious. Just turned up with a tash that, on, like you know, this is tough. Still relevant. My facial hair and it. It's so good. Like one of the main things I seen was Schneider talking about essentially what Batman we were going for, and I think a lot of this is to do with what you know how Affleck got sick and tired of it because of the way he got portrayed. But essentially, the way that they were looking to do it was Justice League, Grant Morrison, Batman, 
and he's just he is bat god so he is just basically this unstoppable force he's the billionaire playboy but he's also got plans in place to defeat anyone and and that's what i'd heard um from that on the back of that obviously there's a lot more relationship stuff between her uh, between batman superman and wonder woman there was a lot more kind of interpersonal play going on there and if you've got i think it's actually four and a half hours but don't quote me on it right to play with with hbo there's so yeah. much more time to actually invest in it. You're looking at it the same way in which the character characterization you're putting into Saving Private Ryan and then looking at Band of Brothers, you've got 11 hours with Band of Brothers to put characterization in and two hours to put it in with uh, Saving Private Ryan. So essentially, you've got double the time in this 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 HBO spectacular, yeah. which I don't know how it's mm-hmm. going to pan out. I mean, HBO might turn around and go, there's another extra couple of hours, do what you like. Yeah. And it, so, it might it might grow arms and legs. But I'm well, I'm so hyped. The thing is, I mean, my I don't know, man, like I'm not gonna be the person that fucking shits on all the DC fans that were like released the Snyder Cut because you know that's that's plagued Twitter and inter- and the internet since since the original version got released. My interest is the rocky road that it's got to that it's been on to get to this point because so just put it in perspective so um hollywood reporter broke the like break the news um in january and, and basically backtracked the, the the journey this this has taken to get to this point and originally it was in january 2017 snyder had what he considered his optimal version of justice league almost four hours long although he knew it was something the studio would not release warners wanted to cut a two, wanted a cut in the two hour range and he delivered a rough version with an approximate two hour 20 minute running time that was the first cut the studio saw both sides agreed that there was much work still to be done before the November release but tragedy struck obviously because the, 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 the thing is the product, whilst the various avenues and potential stories and stuff was all well and good but the issues the biggest issues obviously would, that were besides his creative plan and thought process and, and he was trying to do the Kevin Feige route of exploding this universe was behind the scenes studio wasn't happy with the result on top of that his he's obviously his daughter tragically died um by suicide and as a result he stepped back and then and then they got on the phone to joss whedon and were like look we, we there's no let's not fuck about you did all right with the avengers can you try and do the same with us and it was it was definitely someone someone working off someone else's palette you know and trying to put the pieces together you're excited about this. When you first walked out of Justice League, when you saw it in the cinema, what was your original sort of reaction to it? Didn't go to see it at the cinema, man. Did you not? I seen, I seen the uh, the reviews and the just how scathing they were and how scathing it was, and from like opening night and opening sort of weekend, yeah. And we're just like, I'm not going to go and see that yeah. because I was already yeah. sort of dodgy with the third act of Batman versus Superman, right? Okay, and I was like, hmm. This, this could be like, hard You didn't like the direction it was going. Yeah, I didn't really like the direction it was going. And, and right. I just basically said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. So I ended up just watching it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, someone gave me a loan in the Blu-ray. I watched it. <laughs> um, so I just... And it, do you know what? For what it's worth, I enjoyed it, but my mind was turned off the whole time. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, yeah. there's somebody dressed as Batman. I, I enjoyed it the same way as when George Clooney was Batman. Let's put it that way. Right, okay. Because I think it's, it's like what you mentioned of how I always saw Warner Brothers sort of schematic and plan to let's not you know deny it was catching up with Mar with with Marvel 
that's what it, that's what it was always was. It was like much like and I don't I don't know my comic book history as well as you probably, but like they've always been like that, like one in front yeah. of the other and one trying to overtake the other. And I think this was one of those situations where you're right. They were trying to put it all together and then put it pull it all apart. So it's like, aren't you interested in these characters? Look at them all by themselves. Um, and just the result was just I, I I mean it came out the day I think it was the my thirtieth and I saw it on my birthday and gutted wasn't gutted man it was just like I, I don't know I just I think very much like you I think I was so disappointed with Dawn of Justice that when it came to actually seeing Justice League I, my hopes weren't high yeah and I'm very much like I try very hard no matter how scathing the reviews may be I, very, I try very hard not to latch onto that because the second you do you're going to see it the perspective someone else has in a negative light you know however when you look at Henry Cavill's CGI top lip and yeah. the colour tone and the terrible CGI and just just plot threads that were clearly going in one direction and were just snipped because it was Warner Brothers were going we don't like this do have a time it was yeah and to see to see what now they've got you know I, I my worry is, are Warner Brothers doing this as a cash, as a money maker? Oh, of course. Or no, well, okay. Let me let me rephrase it. What what's the greater percentage? Are they doing it more for money, or more because they have now reconsidered what Snyder had planned? Also, what does that say about an audience's response? How powerful is our response now? Because I mean, all right, two thousand. Sorry, carry on. No, no. I'm just going to say, ironically, I think one thing that might actually play quite heavily into it is something like the boys, whereby they've, they've done a TV series about this. Right. So why? And you know, they were often like, "Oh, comic book movies is one and a half hours." People come in, they get a little bit of a laugh, and they go, "Oh, there's yeah. my favorite superhero," and then they leave. Right. Now we're starting to see, you know, it's over movies, TV the whole shebang yeah. and everything's linked in with the Marvel Universe that comic book you know comic book uh, fans have got a, a attention span that will last two right. three four hours you know I mean people yeah. sit and watch both Avengers End, Endgame and um, back to back yep yeah, Infinity War Infinity, Infinity War, War and Endgame yeah. together yes do you know what I mean so yeah. the, the, it's it, it's showing that there is the you know people are still hungry for it no matter how many yeah. times I kind of say do you know what think I've eaten enough from the superhero buffet table here today yeah. Um, yeah. and maybe it's time for something else but all it takes is for something a different flavour to come out for you to enjoy it yeah you know I mean I'm I think I, to sort of counter what you're saying though like I think it's been going on a long while like even before the boys like we had Daredevil Luke Cage Jessica Jones yeah uh, you know it's I think we've had this for years my my Warriors, though, so to, to put it in comparison, you look at Sonic, right? Sonic was a film that, upon the first preview, the, the backlash from the design of that character was abysmal. People were yep. losing their minds out of how terrible it looked, at which point the studio went, right, let's stop everything, let's take it in, let's do something to shut these people up. And, you know... Everyone says, "Oh, we've listened to the fans." This always, this is always a common thing that has been going on from fucking time immemorial. Of of people, you know, I remember, I remember um, Carl Urban being at a press conference for Doom and saying how 
um, we get to use the gun and the torch at the same time. And it was like, fans were like, oh my God, he gets it. He knows the references. So as a result, it was checking the boxes. Now, the second the fans kick back, studios are now reacting to it. And it's like, fans now have that vocal power to change the trajectory of something. I mean, admittedly, you know, Justice League, what, 2017? So three years They've been kicking up a storm about it. Uh, Zack Snyder has been dripping out little bits and bobs of, you know, like you said, the guy that played Darkseid that we never saw has said, I was Darkseid, I might be in it. Like, he doesn't know. And yep. it's my, my concern is, is this, uh, what, what, where's the balance of, is this a cash grab or is this actually going to be a genuine product of, much like the Superman 2, like Richard Donnacott. So, you know, he was a director that got booted off halfway through a production and the version that came out was very different to the one he released. He eventually went on to release, which was much darker and is lauded more than the original. Is this going to be the same situation? And what will that do now for not just not just DC film like the DC films of future like Robert Pattinson stuff? What does that mean for the industry? Because we're as a whole, now yeah, in a, yeah, we now live in an age where is this? Are they looking at this as a new avenue to churn out? new stuff or necessarily rectify old stuff which i just i don't know man like you you had your shot and you blew it do you know what i mean like it's not it's not like it's not like a ridley scott final cut of blade runner where he made five different versions of the fucking film because the studio couldn't settle on it and that's the thing that plagued him this is something that's less of a a studio issue and more of fans being pissy and it frustrated but then it links can... into a lot of sort of a lot of personal things going on there as well. So you've got Zack Schneider, obviously, death in the family. Yeah. And then yeah. you've also got like, you know, uh, Ben Affleck was bat- battling alcoholism as well at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. there's a lot of issues there that basically could be, you know, the reason why they're getting the band back together. Is, I mean, maybe. it's probably very unlikely, but Yeah. Maybe I just I just worry, man, that like what this what this establishes and sets up for the future because i don't want a film to come out people not to be happy about it and then the studio go okay okay let, well let's release this again because that surely that dilutes more chance for original stuff you know it also gives you like movie by the ultimate committee in the case of yeah. the sonic thing so you release the sonic and we all go we don't like it and then you release mm. sonic anyway and you say oh well we didn't like that anyway and they go well we, mm. we did we did show you yeah, I mean? we did exactly always, what you asked. We, you know, we did what you asked, and you still don't like it. Like you know, yeah. I mean, ice cream I, too I cold feel, kind of thing. I feel like I feel my concern as well is I'd be worried that it does come out, and it's like people will swear blind that it's the fucking second coming, and when really you go, it, let's be honest, it's still just as bad. But then it, you know, I'm I'm trying I'm I'm trying really to be positive about it. My just concern. It's also is started what, this full motion of sorry on you go mate finish what you're saying sorry I'm no just i'm just it, it, sorry I, I just i'm just yeah i was just saying that like i really want it to be good i just worry that this sets sets a mark for the future of the audience and the studio and so it's already you, sort of done that yeah um yeah. you know the the person i can't remember the name of the guy who directed the all-female ghostbusters has come out and said there's a three and a half hour version of that yeah, yeah. Um, David David Ayer for Suicide David Ayer Squad, for Suicide think, Squad yeah. has done that yeah. as well. Saying, "Oh, there's a longer version. It'll be good." Yeah. And I'm just like, "Do you know yeah. what? I'm not interested in seeing any more Jared Leto. Thanks." 
I don't know, fucking, you know, how many times do people fail the driving test before they actually get the keys to the car? How, how many times can you run, <laughs> can you make time go backwards and forwards, Nick? That's yeah, the real thing, you know? That's exactly... <laughs> how many times oh. can you, can you, you make time go, go sideways? <laughs> um, right, well, be- before we before we jump onto it, before we jump, but yeah, before we jump onto Senate, I wanted to ask, what do you, what you, in a perfect world, Justice League comes out right and it's four hour magnificence. What are you looking forward to seeing that you feel the original missed and that you hope to see from what's been discussed? A Batman that's exactly like the comics. So essentially right. like that warehouse scene in right. Batman versus Superman. I want to see yeah. that. I want to see interplay between Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman that's not cringy and it's it's actually quite funny and but yeah, there's also yeah. that kind of light hearted kind of brotherly a com- competition between Batman and Superman, um, like, like like Civil War and Age of Ultron, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> will we see Ezra Miller? I wonder. Do you know? Yeah. Because obviously, he's taken up a bit of a Boston Strangler vibe recently. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Mate, what the fuck? He's um, up there. What's your fucking? Th- what's your thoughts as well of uh, like Dark Side and Green Lantern and stuff like that? Dark side's cool. Green Lantern's probably the best jumping off point they could ever have as well. You know, in terms of the, the Green Lantern core, you can go anywhere you want. Um, it is very much their, their Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, right, so I remember ages and ages ago, it was long before even fucking Ryan Reynolds um, got the gig. But like, I don't know what it what made me pick it up, but I I read, the th- I think one of the first books I ever, two of the first books I ever bought, like graphic novels were Identity Crisis and Green Lantern Rebirth. I think I, I think I bought I thought I think I bought Identity Crisis, saw what was being set up, and then bought Green Lantern Rebirth, and as a result, just hammered Green Lantern stuff. And I was like, this is this is a comic book Star Wars. These guys yep. are Jedi's with special weapons that you know are ruled by an army of Yodas. And I was like, fuck the DC universe. This is this is actually the Give best sort of. Give us this, man. Like, fuck. Like, and it's color coded dream. Mate, fucking um, Soap Dirisu from Gangs of London as John Stewart. Yep. You've said that to us previously, and it's like, it's fucking. I'm telling you now. And also, the other guy um, in Gangs of London as, as fucking um, Guy Gardner. Uh, just give me the fucking. Give me the cast list of Green, of Green Lantern. I'll just go to town on it. Um, who would yeah, you that's... have as. If you're going to cast Sinestro, who would you have as Sinestro? You know what? They brought J.K. Simmons back as J.J. in Spider-Man. They should bring Mark Strong back as Sinestro. I yeah. think he was the. I think he was the best thing in that film. Um, they they got it perfectly. The only alternative I saw that was I thought that's interesting was Luke Evans. Someone did a photo like a a, a, a really good design. A composite. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah, of Luke Evans as Sinestro, and I was like, that's actually quite cool. Um, that would be cool. But mate, I just just bring yes, all the knights. Just just bring them all in. Just bring it all in, and that's, green lanterns, that's, the black lanterns, oil them. Just I, do it all. I I've always thought the great idea would be to have how go off for years and years and years, like essentially like Captain Marvel, go off for be gone for years to come back, and if the casting for the or the jail have changed, it doesn't matter because it, it it's a time it was a time leap. Do you know what I mean? Like it comes back twenty years later, everything's changed. They've completely restructured everything else. Fuck it. Essentially like the new fifty two, but not quite. But yeah, so. But I'm going off. We will pause this one and continue will we pull, your time. Will we pull, time, you pull time back. 
<laughs> or is it forward? Or is it backwards? Or is it sideways? Because I have no fucking right. clue. And that's what that so, trailer's done to me. <laughs> so we are, of course, referring to the Tenet trailer, which is the new um, film from Christopher Nolan that is definitely coming out in July. Mate, I'm going in my hazmat suit. I'll go in a hazmat suit and just sit there. I, mate, this is the this is the this is the thing that will break my lockdown issue. You know, this is the thing that will test me. I'm not I'm not um, a, a, a particular politician who's had issues with childcare, but I will consider going to the cinema um, if it yeah. means seeing what looks to be the maddest. I'll drive film. to Durham to go and see it. Because <laughs> um, you're allowed so, to. So, so I I sent you the trailer. Was it like Friday morning or Thursday morning? Friday morning. No, it Friday was morning. Wednesday. I'm sure. Was it not Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? It came out? Well, I because the remember the, there's the only three thing, days now. Yesterday, today, no. and tomorrow. Because <laughs> the big thing that was kicking off was um, people were in uproar because the Tenet trailer was going to arrive just how Christopher Nolan intended, which was on a Fortnite fucking map um, for all the world who play Fortnite to see. Um, Mate, I have no idea. No idea what the, 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 the marketing <laughs> thing was behind that. Like, I'm pretty sure it's... Well, we won't discuss that. But the following morning, thankfully, it did arrive on YouTube. I watched it like three times on the, on the, on the trot. And I think I sent it you. And what was... Like, what's your first... First reaction to that? Fucking can't wait for the Batman. <laughs> That's it. I'm just basically like... He's gonna be good, isn't he? Also, has Michael so, also has Michael Caine moved since the Dark Knight Rises? I don't know. Maybe he's just been sitting there drinking a creme de menthe for the last couple of weeks. So talking about tangerines. You're referring to like you're referring to like uh, Robert Pattinson, right? So he's he is make, making an appearance in it. What was your first like just for the film, regardless of your Batman sort of obsession? Sorry, like regardless of me trying to make this funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I thought I thought it was good. Like in terms yeah. of, it gave a kind of scope of. If I'm honest with you, I kind of idea of this is a new Matrix. Right. Okay. So it's bending time. It's going back and forward. Yeah. It had but is a- it? areas. Uh, mate, who thing. knows? That's the fucking thing. <laughs> they've given they've given me a trailer, and I still do not know another fucking thing about it. I know who's in it. I know they're going to crash a plane. <laughs> I'm going to crash yes. this plane. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a bit with a ship and a windmill in it going backwards. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm like... But is Michael, the... Caine's, Michael Caine will fill us, fill us in about the third act. It's all right. Mate, Don't worry I, about it. Well, what's great is, I mean, I did a, I did a breakdown on the site. So if you visit um, a website, realgood.co.uk, you'll see that the, one of the articles was um, a trailer breakdown of some of the bits that I picked apart, as, min- as minimal as they were. Um... And it's just like, I think it's amazing the fact that even Michael Caine got asked a while ago, I think it was back in March, um, what he, what capacity he's in it, what his perspective is. And he says he doesn't even know what Tenet means. And he turned up for one day, shot his scenes with uh, John David Washington, um, who I cannot wait to see, by the way, in this. And, and that was it. And it's just like, yeah, he's keeping really hush-hush about it. And it's like... You, I, to put it in perspective, I, I watched, um, we'll talk about it a bit more later, I watched Inception just because I was fucking hungry for a fucking Nolan film. And I've not watched that film for f- like five and a half years, right? And 
I sat down and watched it last night and I remembered certain scenes I remembered seeing in the trailer you know never be afraid to dream a little bigger darling yeah. like little bits but then little scenes where I was like I remember seeing that and thinking what the fuck is this film about like what happens and I love the fact that that same like yeah, again. frustration and excitement and absolute confusion is is back for you know for what will be and I, what I love about Christopher Nolan is Christopher Nolan is a smart blockbuster director you know, I remember when Inception came out and I was like, shit, this is looking. And I remember looking at like the back cat the, the previous year and it was like sequel, remake, superhero film, da, 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 you know, going through them. And Inception was like the first original summer blockbuster film that was coming out that no one knew anything about. And it absolutely blew people's minds. And I genuinely think Tenet's going to do it, not just for the reason, the obvious reason of this will be the first film people will go back to see in cinemas, but because he just how his mind works of how to make a film and make a story so complex but you still go oh I, I get this this makes sense like I want that I want it, I, I want another Inception basically you want and Christopher think... Nolan to sit you on his knee and basically be like <laughs> alright son this is how the world works let me show you <laughs> sit down we've got everything just... for you got a wee bit of action <laughs> wee bit of Michael Caine in there for you enjoy yourself you're not it's too much Caine in this <laughs> It's got cocaine in it. Not Sorry? really. Oh, raisins, raisins. Um, I, I mate, get those I just, two mixed up. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't get my head around the fact that you know. For one, I think it's. I love the fact that much like we talked about Fury Road previously. To watch that, to watch certain films and go, how the fuck did they film that? Jamie, yeah. like the car chase scene where the car flips in reverse, and then straightens up again, or. You know the the weird, unsettling image of a guy crawling up a hallway on his back trying to get a gun, and it's just it just looks fucking mad. And Mental. sign me up, man. Just get me in there as soon. It's as possible. It's funny though as well because you can watch it two ways, right? So if you watch it just with your eyes, just looking at it, right, you might not pick up every every problem that's with it, right? Right. But then see when you start looking okay, at it, you're going, what regard? But. But then that car's going backwards, so why would that <laughs> flip back on its? And you start picking apart the fact what you know. Your eyes are seeing something, right? And yeah. you might not register basically that that's no right with the rules of physics. And then you realise, <laughs> hold on a minute, are they running up that wall backwards? What the fuck's going on here? That ship's going back. Well, um, this is backwards, sideways. Has it happened yet? <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm confused. I, I refer I refer to um, Austin Powers. Of like, but if I go backwards into, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Like, yeah, like, exactly. That would be exactly. Me the, <laughs> that would be me for the majority of that film. And one thing as well that I'm really looking forward to is that it will be one of those films that we will continue to go back to see. Like that's going to get seen more than once. The level of detail that he puts into his films, when you look at, so for example, you look at a film like Inception. Inception is a film that with all of its extravagance and its complexity in, in visual stuff, just how to set up his own rule book and go this works because of this and that works because of that and you know i even i weirdly i never picked up on it from the first fucking 15 viewings i had when i first watched inception but like it's never i always thought it was never really explained how why this world that that's almost like our own is a place where people can hijack people's dreams and it's like they explain probably after ellen page turns up 
oh, it was used as a military experiment to nullify soldiers in war so they could switch off in terms of violence and stuff. And it's like, it's literally like a two-minute bit of dialogue from Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and that's it. And it's like, that's why this exists, and just roll with it. Yep. And from then on... We're just going to scan think, past it. Yeah, and, and you think, I think that's brilliant to set up that that background and solidify this is a thing that is this is a thing that exists and this is why it exists um i just mate i can't wait i just I, and i think i looking back as well nolan is a nolan seems to be a director that always ends with ambiguity and in terms of you know did the totem fall um which twin is left in the prestige yeah you know uh, you know always leaves you on a on a just a, a little note of what if you know Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt landed in the Batcave. As much as you don't like his name, that's fucking cool that he is going to be become Robin Nightwing, whatever the fuck. Always leaves you with a question. Um, the fact that we've got one going in, we'll probably have about fifteen going out. I just oh man, give it to me now. I want it. We'll we need to see it like three times. I think <laughs> like one more would just yeah. sit and say and say nothing and come out after it and go. Right, well, we go for what? a beer and see if we can digest that. <laughs> and then a second one where maybe we go and just, like, you know, properly pay attention to everything on the screen. And then a third one where we take notepads and just be, like, scribbling down furiously. I, I always remember, um, I don't know if people have seen it, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a great uh, video on YouTube of uh, him explaining the plot of Memento. Right. And it's just like... What the fuck goes on in your head, man? Because first off, he just is a chalkboard in front of him. It's like the only way I can describe it is the equivalent of Doc Brown when he's trying to explain time travel to Marty in Back to the Future Part Two, and he's which like, we all know no, it doesn't work now because uh, Endgame ruined it. Yeah, well, fuck it. Different, different times. Fucking you know. Tony Stark. He deserved what he got. <laughs> Jesus. We're doing Mad Dreams. Okay, the third one wasn't that good, right? But it had cowboys in it. We'll fucking take it. But it's but and yeah, a steam train. Like, <laughs> He draws, he draws this thing and it's like, he draws what I can only describe as like a phallic shaped thing on a wall that's like a, a curve. And he's like, right, so the film will end here, but there'll be scenes here and scenes here and it will go backwards and it will probably end up around here. And it's just like, what? <laughs> like, I'd hate to be Mate, on his production team where you're just like, you know when you go to a, you know when you have a team meeting and you're like, I don't know what, what they just said. But what, what would you have rather have done? Went to... <laughs> Went to his post production, uh, pre production meeting, or went to the script reading for the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> for anyone Same that's thing. just, forever, I for everyone that's just, you're know, listening to this, I, Nick's just spat beer out everywhere. No, I haven't. I almost did. Yeah, you were like, almost yeah, did. Like this. <laughs> um, yeah, mate. Well, spin the totem, we'll find out. Um, but... One year ago. I know, man. That's crazy. Game of Thrones one year ago, where dreams were crushed, and um, everyone went. And we'll give it to that that kid who, who has seizures every now and again to rule the fucking kingdom. Um, oh, Jesus. Um, give it to wheels. Any? <laughs> you can't win. That's getting caught. <laughs> I used to be the guy for Burger King, the Burger King Club. What? What's Telling it? you, look it up, man. See Burger King's Kids Club. They used to have a guy in a in a in a fucking wheelchair called Wheels. Wow. Right. Well. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. Um, moving off from what I saw this week, which was Inception, which is still a fucking banger, um, and Marion uh, Cotillard scares the shit out of me every time I watch that film. 
Um, what did you watch this week, mate? Do you know what? See, just on Inception, right? I always get that and Shutter Island mixed up and confused together. It's weird. Why are we doing this podcast together? I don't know what it... Why are we doing this podcast? I don't know why it is, man, but I just get the two mixed up. It's sort of day we like now there's elevators in them and like yeah, that's coin it. pieces yeah. and stuff like that, mate. Yeah, I just don't know. Get confused with the I like my Aerosmith. <laughs> you get like a bit of love in an elevator. Get confused anyway, with this. Um I watched a sequel which also has an elevator in it. Go on. And blood comes out of it. <laughs> it see, it's easy, it's easy to like find a fucking Segway. tangential link. Segway. Yeah. When when you when you can, do you know what I mean? And, you know, I watched Doctor Sleep last week. You did watch it last week. And it was fan-fucking-tastic. Are you... Are you Like, it just you su- hit <laughs> so many notes. Are you surprised at how good it was? Yes! <laughs> That's why I held off watching it. You're like, you should watch Doctor Sleep. And I'm like, no, because it'll be shit. Right, so this is where I really like the Shining. Coincidentally, we're on the we're on the what was it 40th anniversary this week of the Shining. 40th anniversary of the Shining. Yep. Which is fucking mad. That film is a staple of horror and a staple of of cinema. Really, like people say, that's one of the most perfect films ever made, and it's fucking nuts. And it, oh, you know, the 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 you can look into the history of that film, and it is just fascinating. Yep. And I. I think I was excited. I mean, we've talked about it in the past. I was excited about it because Mike Flanagan was making it, who did Haunting the Hill House and did a few horrors on Netflix as well. Um, Gerald's Game, fucking watch it. Great Stephen King. I Love that. You know what I mean? And that's a small... Seen it, mate. Seen it. Seen it. Got it in Shining. <laughs> but that's a Fucks small... Fucks her hand up. <laughs> Takes a tap off it. <laughs> that is one of the worst things I've ever seen on film. Me ever. Get that to fuck, honestly. <laughs> I'll deal with that fucking rotten cunt in my bathtub every week. I don't care, but just get rid of that manky hand. <laughs> Taking your hand off. Oh. Taking your skin off your hand like a glove is grim. Yep. Uh, um, but yeah. And then <laughs> that thing at the end of the bed, eating her toes, nut. Nut? I'm not about that. All it needed was like a <laughs> noise, you know, like kingpin. That's what it missed, was that noise in Gerald's game. Oh, right. Moving on from the small little story of Gerald's games to... to let's be honest, a big fucking job of of Doctor Sleep because I think the great thing about it is I've been doing there's a review on the website um, and it's the, it's a brilliant balancing act because somehow he manages to make a film that is respectful of the book and respectful of the film that was adapted from it because it's well known common knowledge that Stephen King did not like the original Shining and Mike Flatman well he, I, I don't know, I suppose it is one of those situations of you know, it's it's your baby, isn't it? You've written, you've made something that it's your, it's your baby, and someone's, someone's coming and gone. You know what? I'm gonna take the legs off it and swap it with fucking like a bicycle. Like it just to swap that. But that's what the axe is there for, right? That's what the axe is there for. Taking legs off. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, Jesus. Um, to put it, to, you know, to 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 look at that, and then to, for Mike Flanagan to bravely go to Stephen King, and go right. We're gonna make your, we're gonna make a film that you'll be happy with, but fans of the of the film will be happy with where do you sit like what do you it also is like a fud bit of like just being absolute fan service at the same time do you know what I mean and I mean I mean by that I mean like fan service of the book and fan service of the movie yeah. do you know what I mean and it's just like I, I couldn't get my head around it like I had to text you and ask you and be like is that the same lassie yes that was in The Shining yeah. or is this is this a woman that looks like yeah. her is it CGI 
what is this absolute like trickery that they're playing on my mind right now? Because she looks exactly like Shelley Duvall. What's her name? Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah, Shelley Duvall. So, so um, looks exactly. I think I think it's amazing that you know, and it's a testament to Mike Flanagan and what what under what genuinely he clearly has the potential to do with a horror. Not particularly just a horror, but stories that he loves and goes right. I'm gonna give the best fucking care to this because. You know, it's like fucking hell. Sequel to The Shining. You might as well make a prequel to Citizen Kane. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh god, like you can't touch that. It's holy. It's hallowed ground. Do you know what I mean? And he's gone. No, fuck it. I'm gonna have a go. Yeah. And when you're like you're you're referring to this pre the the sort of flashbacks to the to Jack's breakdown in the Overlook Hotel, like he does stuff in such a way. He's so he's so careful in the scenes that he constructs to make you like exactly what you've said to to look at it and go. Am I actually watching clips from the original film? Because we've talked about in the past how you love Ready Player One, particularly because there's that moment in The Shining in the Overlook Hotel yep. and the great nods to it. This isn't a nod. This is a headbutt of you're going to look at something and it's it's that great sort of element to sort of knock you off balance as a horror film should of, of going, am I actually seeing something here? And, you know, flickers... Or you go look at it and, and it's going to be like the same thing, but... Uh... The positions are reversed oh, or, just, you know, the bit on the stairs and all just that. Just little moments it's... of, you know, Danny taking his lap around the around the hotel in the tricycle, the twins, yep. the, the woman in the bath. Like, how, for one, that's a, that's a feat in itself to revisit scares that you know and are familiar with and know what's, you know what's behind that shower curtain. But he still set. He still manages to make you still shit yourself because you are like, I know what's behind the The worst bit is when she comes out of darkness. Yeah. Now when the door rooms open and you can just see her start to come in, you're like, Oh no, <laughs> just you stay in there, hen. You're not allowed it. Put a towel on. Get a towel on. Everyone can see what's wrong with you. Um, but then at the same time, you know, it's it is its own story in the sense that this is all about Danny Torrance years later after that, you know undeniably life-changing situation that that fell on him and still having to deal with the after effect of that um there are some harrowing scenes in that that he just delivers on his own that have no link to the original film you you i think you messaged me going why do i need to see a dead baby dead toddler <laughs> yeah dead toddler yeah. just gonna see it right yeah now. so like stuff like dead toddler the the fucking poor little um baseball kid getting baseball boy on yep by a group of other nasty shining um able individuals getting stabbed apart it's just it, yeah it's harrowing um and you know if he wants to do it i mean we there's a news story on the on the site um he's doing another um stephen king book um that he's just signed up for he's writing it at the moment he's not signed up for directing it but fucking hell just give him the keys to everything i don't think i don't think stephen king would ever say no to him now from now on and yeah, I've said in the past, this is why it excites me for a new House on Haunted Hill series because the first one was so good. Um, and That's also something you have to watch a couple of times as well. Yes, yes, definitely. That House on Haunted Hill because you don't catch all the ghosts the first time yeah, round. Yeah, it's... Um, and you go through a good couple of times. It's a nasty, it's a nasty unsettling viewing. But I smashed through it a day and coincidentally didn't sleep that night. Um, but but yeah, man, he's just a really good film. So I'm really glad you like that. What would you What would you give that out of five? five fucking hell okay mate and i'll tell you why right so ewan mcgregor is flawless in it yeah amazing performance right the supporting cast mm. 
is probably just as good. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson um, is fucking so terrifying. Ga- Rebecca Ferguson, I was about to say, Rebecca Ferguson's terrifying with her top hat on. <laughs> um, the boy that plays his friend, who who goes hunting and has the, the rifles and so on, yes. who I can't remember the name um, of right now. Cliff Curtis, I think. I'm going to spot, I'm going to just throw yep, that Cliff out Cliff Curtis. Hold on. He oh, puts in a good performance um, as being this kind of like do-good pal who unfortunately, because he's friends with Danny Torrance, gets absolutely <laughs> moored. <laughs> Not to put in too many spoilers. Well, you've that's that's pretty much done it, but fair. <laughs> um, um, he's he's Cliff Curtis for he, me is like another Mark Strong. We've talked about this in the past, like the, the certain person that turns up and you're like, I'm glad you're here. Um, yeah, Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Jacob Tremblay as the baseball kid is just that that in itself as the yeah. brief moment and I think they set that up brilliantly. We won't spoil it, but like they set him up because it's like, oh, you know, he's doing well. He's he's a big sort of fucking name nowadays. Like he's obviously gonna be in it for a lot. Oh no. Oh 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 god. Oh god, turn it off. Yeah, number nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> my eyes, my eyes. Um Alexa Esso as uh Wendy Torrance. Yes. Flawless man. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they make her look exactly the way she was. She's still that kind of, like, you know, doting um, sort of... She seems kind of absent-minded, the same way as Shelley Duvall's in the... the She's got the voice as well, perfect. She's got the voice that, Hey, Danny, are you all right? Yeah, it's just... Hey, Doc! It's it's fabulous. Um, Kylie Curran as well. And the other thing that that makes me give this a five star is, this movie's three hours long. Oh, didn't feel like it. Three hours long, is it really? Three hours long, mate, and it did not feel like it. I thought I knew it. I thought it was long. I didn't remember it being that long. Jeez. Um, yeah, yeah. I think honestly, I think it's it I said in the past, like, it's the horror version of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It was the it was the film that no one expected to be as good as it was, didn't make enough money, and should have earned so much more because it's such it's just Sorry, I'll just correct myself. It's two hours forty. Oh right, Apologies. fair enough. Um but But it's that's still a long running yeah, time definitely. and it pulls you in and it just doesn't, doesn't let you go, you go. <laughs> two hours and forty minutes. Um, Mostly because that the, the woman behind the shower curtain turns up about nine times. <laughs> she's like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm if still I see her end of my hall. <laughs> I would stamp her to death. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, for, I think I think it's also one of the rare films where if you've not seen The Shining, you might enjoy it. But, you know, the doubters that think, oh God, this could never beat The Shining, I don't think it's trying to. I think it's a love letter to both versions of the film and the book. And it's it's so good. What I would say is that you, if you watch The Shining first, you get a greater appreciation for yeah. it, especially the scene in the bar about taking medicine. Yeah, it's that that in itself is brilliant, man. The size of the cojones <laughs> to be like, uh, sorry, I'm just going to channel Jack Nicholson <laughs> in uh, The Shining. Is that okay? Magic. I mean, I know Jim Carrey did it, but, you know. Yeah, it's... Um... Jim Carrey was just doing an impression. He wasn't like actually like just basically bringing Jack Nicholson to life to the point that I was like... Have they done something there? <laughs> Have they like you know augmented his voice or like augmented the way he is looks? Is this a deep fake? <laughs> like, yeah. It's also amazing how like he turns up and you and McGregor's got the same gear on, yeah, you know, like, the I same shirt and all that. And I'm like, mate, mate, you know, if you'd been in a tragedy, maybe you would maybe want to change your attire. But I think I think what's great about it is it's one of the, it is definitely a film that has another note to it, which is, you know, the sins of the father pass on to the son and 
how to deal with essentially letting go of you know he what's great is about uh, particularly you know you've said you and mcgregor's performance in it what's great about it is i think i it sounds a bit harsh when i when i mention this i don't think you mcgregor's beat his train spotting performance like he's never done a a performance as good as that since now um I think he is a he's a broken guy who who is you know much you know we take the piss with the Incredible Hulk he's Bill Bixby he's going from town to town and he's just dealing with the shit he's got to deal with and eventually yeah. it comes knocking at his door and he has to go and knock at another one that he's not visited in twenty odd years and you are also teaches you not to put things in boxes <laughs> yeah what you should do is save them all in boxes and then unleash them on your enemies <laughs> yeah so when you always when someone complains about why well, don't rid of this box that's why. Um, but yeah, just just a really nice film, man, and f- just anything now. Oh, hold on, let's not use the word nice about well, this. No, a really good film. No, but I think I think you. Can, I would say it was nice. No, but I think you can have a nice horror film. I think you can have a film that a horror film that at the end of the day has a. The the thing about certain horrors and ghost stories is that they are a somber. There is a somber subject at the core of it of a lost soul of someone someone no longer with them and stuff and how do you deal with that and i think that's this is one of those films that really fucking handles it really well um yeah and it's just mate mate see i'm i'm not going to be able to record next week i'm going on a nice holiday in midsummer <laughs> um fuck off um yeah but i just yeah mate anything with mike flanagan's name on now you just you've got me um and i, I really think my attention is peaked yeah i think you just really need to watch it um just to see just to see what you thought would be impossible is actually possible and it's fucking he's done such a good job with it um but yeah so i'm glad you watched that mate did you watch have you watched three billboards yet did you watch that this week did i watch what three billboards no sorry see i imagine this level of excitement from that film i'm not i'm not even yeah but i I watched onward again so it's cool (laughs) had a good old great oh obviously yeah we missed last week because um I, we had issues. Reasons, we had issues last week, but it's fine. We're back. But originally, what we we're going to talk about last next week, shot you I did. It was it was everywhere on walls, on ceilings. Trying to get it out is just dire. Um, it's like a dirty prison. Dirty prison. Um, but yeah, dirty prison. So last week, the original plan was we were going to celebrate the um, what are we on twentieth anniversary. The twentieth anniversary of Ridley Scott's second best movie. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's a big statement. So we watched this last week um, to get all fucking researched up. Now, mate. <laughs> I watched it twice. You were so excited. I was so excited. I'm so sorry for breaking your heart, by the way, last week. It's cool. It's, it's, you know, it's not like I bought you a present or anything. Did you buy me a present? What did you get me? Yeah, I bought you a present. What did you get me? It's not here yet, but I bought you a wee Maximus um, pop vinyl. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because I know, I, I know how you actually like Gladiator. So I thought I'd get you a wee Maximus pop vinyl. Is that even it? Is it? Have you checked? Is that real? Mate, I've ordered. How can I order something that's not real? I don't... <laughs> We're not in tenant now. <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't know it was a thing. Um. Anyway, moving on. So you watched it twice. What did you? What did you dissect, man? From from what is probably one of his top five films. Not for debate. Oh, so uh, how very um. How very politician of you. One of his oh. top, very top five films. I mean, what would yeah, you put in your favourite top five Ridley Scott movies for a start? Of Ridley Scott films? Yeah, oh. that's what I said. 
Oh, bloody hell. You've got me on spot now. Um, I mean, if I was going to go top five, I'd obviously have to put Robin Hood in there because, you know, that was just, like, the best film ever. Um, mate. No. I mean, I would as put be- in... As, from, as being someone from Nottingham, I can't stress to you how upsetting that film was. <laughs> <laughs> Is it as bad as the heart. other one where it's, like, The Matrix with Nottingham? No, we um, should do. We should do. I'm just gonna. We'll obviously cut this bit out, right? Right. Okay. But we should do an episode where it's just all about Robin Hood. Ranking the Robin Hoods. Ranking the Robin Hoods. Oh, Mate, that's it. next week. <laughs> Fuck it. Spielberg, you're out, son. Um, uh, top five. Christ, I am making my editing work hard here. Sorry, top, top you were five saying top five. A, top, you're top, top five. five in, fucking let me speak. Top five in any order. Um. Ba, 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 ba. I'm going to go with Blade Runner, Alien, Gladiator. Right. Oh, tricky, tricky, tricky. Oh, you know what? I'm going to struggle here. Leave it with I, me. I agree with Black those. Black down. Black I agree down. with those. Right, yeah. That's that's my... And then my fifth one would be American Gangster. Yes, yeah. American Gangster, I genuinely feel, was the last good Ridley Scott film. Which is a sorry state of affairs. Anyway, but that's the situation. But yes, back to Gladiator. So Gladiator's awesome. So Gladiator, <laughs> Gladiator is awesome. In a nutshell, thanks everyone. We we'll speak to you next week. All the best. Um, Bye. Uh, yeah, man. Like Gladiator for me is one of those films that I put on. I make an I make a special exception to be like, right, I'm not doing anything for the next three hours. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna watch this and just take in what is, you know. I think the statement of they don't make them like this anymore gets thrown around, and I think that was that was probably said a lot when that film came out. Um, yeah, that's the closest. And thing I think to, that's the closest thing our generation ever had to Spartacus or Ben Hur. Yeah, I mean, epics, absolute epics. And it also restarted the epics. It did, yeah. Went on with Troy. Not and- only, not only. Not only with Ridley Scott, but with like every director. But then, since then, what you've noticed is that Ridley Scott's been chasing that with his sort of further product products in terms of, you know, Robin Hood, Kingdom um, of Heaven. What was it? Kingdom of Heaven. God. Yeah. Um, Exodus. Gods of Men. Is that right? Yeah. Something uh, like that. Gods and Kings. Gods and, Gongs and Kings. I don't yeah. know, mate. I'm yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, but you're right. Like he was definitely trying to like catch the light in the bottle again. Um, I think. With this though, like, where do you? When do you do you remember the like the first time you watched it? Yes, uh, right. I watched. Uh, let me think. So it came out in nineteen ninety nine. Was it no two thousand? Yeah, two thousand. Yeah. Hold on, we need to sound like we know what we're talking about. No, it's twenty years. Um, yeah, yeah. Just maths, isn't it? So, yeah, it's just just maths, isn't it? Mm. Right, so I watched it. I would like to see when it got its video release. Yeah, yeah, probably the same. Um, and it was bit, bit, pretty much like a, oh, you should watch this. It's really good. Like I know you like your history, so have a go at this. Have a go. Um, have a go at this epic. Sit down for three hours and wonder who's given the better performance at a Joaquin Phoenix and uh, the other guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. So, yeah. well, this is this was a discussion that we had because uh, we were trying to decide of like how to basically really go into detail. But I think it's just become a gushing session of how fucking. How how, how do you how do you talk about a three hour epic? 
know what I mean? In terms of like one of the the biggest movies in the last twenty year, a movie that restarted a kind of love affair with kind of the movies of the nineteen sixties and seventies, which was all about yeah, Cleopatra, Richard mm-hmm. Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Richard I'm Burton, Taylor. Um, Richard I'm Burton, and Elizabeth Taylor. Um, mate, I I just remember like it's weird. I think I remember it being one of the last few films that I didn't see with my dad. In terms of he was going. It was out of my age range. I wasn't 15, couldn't go to see it. And he came back and was like, I cannot wait for you to watch this film because you're going to love it. Um, my dad was very much like, I'll show you Alien when you're 10, but from the comfort of our own home, I won't let you go in to see the anniversary version of the director's cut because they probably won't let you. Um, but yep. with this, like, I think I watched it like two twice back to back when I first saw it. Um, and I think certain things, I, it's mad how now... You know, we talk. Certain films stick in the in the public conscious, and certain quotes will always be, you know, immortalized. The fact that, like, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Like, you know, strength and honor. Um, that there's speech, so many. His speech alone, and this is what we talked about. I, I I want to sort of discuss. Why do you think that that moment of my name is Gladiator, a father to a murdered son, a husband to a murdered wife. Why do you think that's just stood the test of time? It's the culmination point of the whole story, you know, in terms yeah. of like, you know, everybody now knows he's back. Yeah. He's no longer a, a slave. He is yeah. the general mm. of the, I think it's the fifth legion. Yeah. Might be wrong there. Yeah. Jump on <laughs> me if you're a, if you're a Roman fan there, you know, um, he was meant to be the true emperor. So he's meant to be getting the, the whole thing yeah. through Marcus Aurelius. And it's almost like just basically setting these two people on a collision course. And that's the spark. Yeah. Because as soon as that starts, you know, you think it's going to go down and there's, there's so many, like, false starts in it from, like, him being like, oh, I'm going to pick this arrow up and stab him in the neck with yeah. it. Then yeah. the boy runs out and then there's, like, him being, like, you know, um, you know, having a go at his wife and all that and, like, when they crucified his son and all that and I'm just like, yeah. oh, Jesus, this is this is dark. Yeah. Um, I think it's, what's uh, great uh, is it's, it's such a, it's such a, really, without sounding harsh and no discredit to the film, it's such a basic revenge film. Yeah. You've killed, you've killed my family and now I'm going to have to fuck you up. That's basically yep. what happens. And, you know, I think it's weird. I always remember that moment being the hair-raising moment of him taking his helmet off, turning around and, you know, going through his whole speech of like, you know, um, what was it? Servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband yep. to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. And you're just like... <laughs> you're like Aye. you're so fucked <laughs> it's on I, now motherfucker it, it, it was it was that like this is about to kick off like fuck and he you know Russell Crowe from his from his credit there like went on to a massive career this was the thing that obviously shot him into the fucking stratosphere with this role what I never really picked up on and I need to know now is the, the reaction from it in the sense that it's 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 a brilliant brilliant partnership with russell crowe setting it up and joaquin phoenix actually knocking it down and i never yeah. really noticed that on the first time i watched it because you know we've obviously gone joaquin phoenix is another guy that's gone on to do amazing things obviously won the oscar last year last year for joker was nominated for this i think for best supporting and the, the should have got one for what we're the the volume of the volume of of 
sort of emotions he goes through in that small section of a scene where it's like you can literally see his brain working of like fuck I thought he was dead fuck I need to kill him shit I can't yep. because all these people are watching him what do I do yeah like it's, and it's like he's he's wanting to play off the crowd and yeah. the crowd's love for the emperor but also wants to just be like you're fucking dead like you know, yeah yeah just like he he i think he brings a brilliant a brilliant extra layer to the dastardly conniving scheming villain do you know what i mean he is he is that guy and it's it's the great thing of like when he goes back in and he's like i can't kill him because then i'll then he'll be become a martyr um yeah and it's like or he'll be even more merciful like it's just it's and it's it's the frustration that he goes through to see this guy that he thought was the, you know, was the thorn in his side. He thought he was out and no, he's fucking stuck in and twisted it. And it's just, it's just a fucking great film, man. This, I think everyone remembers the action in it, but I think the drama is so compelling and details that I didn't really pick up on until now of really sitting down and, and, and being analytical about it, of the fact that like, I think I want to say Connie Nielsen, yeah, Connie Nielsen. Oh, fucking never doubt yourself, mate. Um, yeah, Connie Nielsen is Lucilla. I think it's interesting that besides Maximus's wife, who coincidentally um, would go on to be Ridley Scott's wife after this, um, Connie Nielsen is the only f- like prominent female role in this film. And she has so much prominence in it in terms of she's in she's in much of as much of a situation as everyone else in the sense that what it's what is it for fear of what was it for fear of your brother for sake for the safety of your son like that frustration of what do i do i've got this situation that could be fixed all i need to do is kill my brother you know yep they were they ridley scott's fucking with family dynamics long before game of thrones even turned up um and even little details i noticed with this is and the similarities with game of thrones of a guy gets called to go go back to the country that he's serving um, and he does it or he, he considers the job and immediately from then on it just completely fucks him over and all his family and everything else that comes with it. But just, just yeah, man, just a fucking great film. What did you, what sort of details did you see having looked at it with a bit more of a critical eye now when we so, talk about watching it? I love the, what's the word I'm looking for? The swerve probably is the best word of right. the start of this movie is the Roman Empire, war epic, mm. this high-fluting general who's brutal, loved by his men, loved yeah. by the emperor, and they're taking it to these German tribes, and basically mm. there's the big kick-off at the start, the big battle, which was you know obviously seen through all the kind of 60s and 70s sword and sandal tales. Mm. And then from there, what you get is the very personal uh, tale of him basically breaking out of execution, trying to get back home, gets home, obviously finds his life in tatters, assigns himself basically to be like, I'm not fighting, and there from there builds his sort of uh, road back to redemption sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And it's fabulous. And you're right in saying the supporting cast is just like unreal in terms of, you know, Richard Harris, Oliver Reed... Yeah, Oliver Reed in his last role. In his last role, that's what I was exactly about to say. It's fantastic. It's one of the first movies that uh, Jamon Husson is in. I I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Jamon Husson. It's one of his first... Yeah, sorry, I'm butchering pronunciations. Um, 
and he's fabulous in it as well in terms of his interaction of you know when he's talking about you know i want to go home i can see my wife cooking and all that and yeah my wife's yeah my wife's bringing water from the rip from the river fucking hell man he's so it tells so many tales it's it's i think it, you know? it sets it up like a chessboard man there's so many different pieces where it's like i hope everyone makes it out you know besides joaquin phoenix you massive wanker <laughs> who has to stab a man before he fights him i mean yeah pussy <laughs> do you know um commodus is actually a real person i do yeah i read up about that as well um, do you know how he actually died uh no he was I... choked to death in his bathtub by his masseuse well, you couldn't see way. that as the end of Gladiator, could you? <laughs> Just <laughs> take that, you bastard! Name your name your for you, son. Um, he, I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, last year a lot of people were fucking jizzing over how good he is for for Joker. He did a lot of great performances before that, and I think this is definitely one of them. Because I even did an article at feature ages ago of like ten people I'd love to punch in the face, and he was he was in that list because he's just such a dick. Um, and it's a great villain is one you are genuinely fucking enraged by where it's like just somebody wipe this guy out just do him in because he's, do, he's doing my tits in. Yeah. Um, and to add on to what you said about Oliver Reed like we, we yeah it was his last it was his last uh, on screen role and what's interesting about it is he was really reluctant to take the role because he was asked to go and read the script uh, do, a, do a screen test for it and he was like I'm fucking Oliver Reed at which point one of his mates yeah. was like you were Oliver Reed. You're now a drunk. You're a fucking joke. Like, just go and take this. This will get you back on board. And, you know, it's a shame because it's bittersweet because it did. And he's, he's in, as Proximo, he is fucking brilliant in this film. And it's so sad that he he clearly could have gone back to, you know, doing a great job. And that's well, just not... Uh, Proximo, Proximo's sort of arc kind of almost... Em- emulates his life exactly yeah and that yeah. when he gets to the end basically he's like i've set maximus free mm. i've set all the guys who were my gladiators free they're obviously yeah. fighting the roman legion inside that compound yeah and he lets and then he stands with his sword and he's just like we're all just shadows and dust yeah and that's like a pure underrated quote from the movie as well there's like 10 or 12 quotes from this movie that are like that could be a standout quote in any other movie but yeah. that's just like so it's poetic it's a a film of moments and then it's a film of escalation from the point of when he gets home and sees obviously what's happened to his wife and kid and then from there it's escalation do you know what i mean yeah it's just like he goes and fights in the wee stupid pits then he goes Mm -hmm. fights in the coliseum and it's funny that even then right he's known as the general because yeah. when he asks all the guys, like, has any of you been in the army? He's like, I fought with you um, in Germania. Yeah. And he's like, yep, yeah, cool. And they cool all fight fun. together. And that full scene just gives me pure chills, man, when he's just like, pure when he gets everything to work together. Yeah. It's, it's just... Well, he's, he's just... I think he's just a realist and sort of goes, right, I'm just going to deal with the situation I've got as long as it gets me to where I need to be, which is fucking killing this guy. But like, even going back to yeah. what you said, that's a great point about uh, Oliver Reed and Proximo and saying how one reflected the other like there's a quote that I, I that I pulled from it when he when he's talking about you know um I was I was I was in your position and then eventually I was given a wooden sword and that was that was a sign for my freedom I wasn't I wasn't good because I fought well I was good because the crowd loved me and yeah. that's 
that is overreach, you know, like that is um, overreach. Yeah, it, it was. It was as well as him being undeniably a great performer. He just had that. Rare Even thing, when he was drunk on the Parkinson, mate, drunk on Parkinson, you're that like thing is fucking historical. Oliver, please, if you've not yep. seen it, search on YouTube Parkinson Oliver Reed interview because it's fucking brilliant. We had jugger like <laughs> Sex on the Beach or something comes out and just starts singing and get it fucking mad loudy, and you're just like. <sighs> the guy's a ledge. <laughs> you, I mean, it's it, you know, admittedly, it's sad because that's it really, if we're going to be serious yeah. about it. That's what took him. He died in a bar, um, and yeah. you know, I think as well, credit to the film. Another thing, I think it's impressive that uh, Ridley Scott went on to do all the money in the world, which is a really good, really. In fact, that's a, that's a recommended film. I'd, I suggest watching. Uh, it was originally down for Kevin Spacey. The scandal got out. Kevin Spacey got taken out. Christopher Plummer got put in. They had to reshoot the whole film as a result of that. Um, this in itself, Gladiator, in its, in its small section near the end, they had to adapt with Oliver Reed dying halfway through production because originally the ending was going to be Oliver Reed was burying the little sort of the yep. little uh, wife and son model, not Jamon Hansu. And you can see now when you watch it with a bit more of a, key, a sharper eye, you can see that he's they've clearly taken bits from earlier on in the film. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just, it's it, it's brilliant on so many levels. The score will always be iconic. You know, the fact that you listen, you watch Pirates of the Caribbean, and you think Gladiator is still great because even though Hans Zimmer did an amazing score, he, he's kind of did a similar variation with that. Um, yeah, I did saying, think that. Be watching like, Gladiator, I was like, oh, I've heard this before. <laughs> like you say, uh, the script is just a brilliant list of moments that we don't we you know like you say they rep- tried to replicate with the likes of Troy Kingdom of Heaven to an extent um, none have matched that film and 20 years old fucking oh, it's just brilliant it's just if you've never seen Gladiator what have you done with your life sort yourself out because it's just epic and not not for the scale and the action but just the performance the other good thing was that and this is what I really appreciate about it is, is there's a lot of practical effects in it yeah. Like they actually did burn down a forest in Surrey for the f- the first um the first battle. They burnt, they they basically were like, Oh, you've got ninety acres to play with, do what you like with it. And he started burning it down and firing catapults in it and all sorts. And it's just it, it's true when they say you don't make them like that anymore. And I wish mm. they would make more like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can make it in a computer, but I just love it when it's real. Oh, I think it's interesting that you said um when we were talking about Tenet, how you said Tenet looks like the Matrix. And I got, you know, I remember the Incep- when Inception came out, that was the common uh, link that people were making. Like it's it's a Bond film meets the Matrix or Mission Impossible meets the Matrix. Yep. No no other film has said, no, you've never said since, this is the next Gladiator. You know, like, you, they just it just hasn't happened. And I can't wait. For that hasn't that, been a film. But I can't wait for that film to come. You know what I mean? Like, I can't wait for someone to look at that. Yeah. Look at the fact that you can put Gladiator and Spartacus in and Ben Hur and all those epics and put them together and say they all belong together and they're all rightfully on the same bar. Um, and that if we, won't, we won't have that. We've never had that since, um, but we could. You know, Game of Thrones, and, you know, we talked about coincidentally this was last week was. Um, Gladiator's 20th anniversary this year. This week is 25th anniversary of Braveheart. And I would say, personally, Gladiator's a better film than Braveheart, even though very similar. Guy goes out for vengeance after his wife died, after his wife's brutally murdered. 
um, you know, leads a rebellion, takes it on. Whilst both are massive. Fucking crap. right, he does. <laughs> both, takes, both. takes back his country. <laughs> <laughs> both, both are massively crammed with historical inaccuracies. But what? But, yeah. Okay. Like you know, the Battle of Stirling Bridge that doesn't have a bridge in it. <laughs> but in truth, like, what do you think? If you're going to put those two films side by side, what would you rather watch again? One or two. One or two, Mister Rush. Right, okay, why? Can I watch Braveheart? It's just it's just no right. In what? Like, in on what? so many levels. Really? Like, well, it's it's pretty poor in terms of its actual historical inaccuracy. You know I'm a bit of a stickler for accuracy. I like a bit of the old accuracy, right? Yeah, right, okay. If you're going to go down, like, a historical route. The performances don't, don't in it are lackluster. Oh, what? Right? They're not great, man. Come on. Brendan Gleeson, man. I've always got time for Brendan Gleeson. Right, I, I fair dues, but Mel Gibson, come on, son. I think it's a bit, bit, bit ropey. Why do Gladiator's you... the better movie? All right, okay, okay. And if I'm going to watch a film about that time, right, I will watch uh, Outlaw King. Right, okay. Which, although it is not about the same exact section, it's about Robert the Bruce after, yeah, yeah. Um, William Wallace. Yeah, that is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Very good film, actually. It's on Netflix if anyone's not seen it. Um, but yeah, so Fabulous. in a nutshell, we fucking love Gladiator. It's still as great as it always was. We do. Um, and we will never see that like again. Uh, and I'll probably be able to give you your represent in like October or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we might actually see another Gladiator. Do you know that? I'm sure you picked up on that as Mate, well. Mate, there's right? an. Hold on. I need to say that. there's a. It says Gladiator 2 on IMDb. Yeah. Do you know about before. this? Yeah. I see that. Fucking ludicrous, man. So originally the plan Stupid was man. that um, Lucilla's son um, was going to somehow bring back Maximus or some bollocks. It was just fucking mad. Um, but yeah, because that's because if we're talking about historical accuracy in Braveheart, Gladiator 2 could definitely happen. Um, but yeah, don't touch it. It's fucking great. Um, and I've just, I, you know what, mate, as well, I wrote so many notes down and just little quotes that like, that vexes me. I'm terribly vexed. <laughs> He's yep. just so good. He's so just, good. Just leave it as is and maybe just do like a wee 4K remastered so we can all watch Whoa. it in the comfort of our home. Mate, uh, the, the, the... Well, I'm just you know I'm mean? just annoyed that we were in lockdown and we didn't see this in the cinema because I'd have fucking queued for this beast to go and see this in the cinema. Again. Yeah. But we might we might yeah. get that. Not yet. Not I yet. mean, I, I, love seeing, I love seeing a movie that you've never seen in the cinema yeah i mean now it's it, it's becoming a bit of a kind of weekly trip well, not not right now but like last year it became a bit of a trend that every week or month there seemed to be yeah. another sort of showing and in glasgow we're actually really kind of beneficial that there is actually like a cinema company that does really good um sort of cinema experiences such as indiana jones in the kelvin grove museum oh who wouldn't want to go see that yeah i went to watch predator in the middle of a forest Wow, it was amazing. It's it's like watching Jaws in a dinghy. I think with the same <laughs> sort of the same sort of feeling. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's what I love. Mate, what? I've just had a fucking oh my god! Right, so folks, this is completely unrelated, but it's only just popped in my head. So Rushy got a place PS4 Pro this week, which he's very happy about. But Rushy, did you know PlayStation have an exclusive Predator game? 
Yeah, it's, it's not very good, apparently. Stay. Hey, I'm going to send you a link for a, for a, a Let's Play, and it looks fucking great, and I would 100% buy it if you're going to buy it, because, my God, that would be great to play. Um, but yeah. What, so you can hear me drop all the lines for the movie? Like, <laughs> while I'm playing it? If it bleeds, we can kill it. Um, Sitting on my couch, eating chewing tobacco, <laughs> then I'm Jesse the Body Ventura. Turning into a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Um, but yeah, yeah so... And not were... dreffing the effort. But but to go on, in fact, we talked about we talked about sort of Rushy brought up special releases and special events for cinemas and stuff. Um, another thing that, whilst it's not necessarily, where am I linking with this, mate? Of the dispute that we had at the beginning of this podcast, because so it wasn't really let, a dispute. It was more like physical versus digital. The I've just came out with it as opposed to like. Yeah, I just fuck, rammed it in. Fuck the lead in. Fuck the Aye. lead in. Rushy's going in dry. Um, but yeah, just... with, <laughs> with with uh, Gladiator, how did you watch it? Gladiator I have on DVD. Right, okay. But it's uh, very Blu-ray. I caught right. a DVD even though it's a Blu-ray, but I still streamed it. Right, okay. Because did... I was on the couch anyway and I, I ain't getting up. Yeah. <laughs> in all seriousness, is that is that the potential breaker for you because we were talking about how well, Rushy you sent me a fucking screenshot the other day of your eBay purchase because once again you've been scamming the system and buying films that have cost like 60p um, I've I can't tell you the last Blu-ray I bought everything I've bought has been physical uh, digital sorry and I mean I've sent you my purchases recently and lockdown's been not been helpful because I've been spending it's been disgusting <laughs> disgusting <laughs> what my purchases are just like <laughs> not like what you're actually what, not what you're buying I'm not uh, being like you know <laughs> no I mean what like, the fuck is this <laughs> who the fuck needs this um, no mate like I've bought I think I spent like 20 quid the other week on iTunes and I must have bought seven seven films which isn't bad yeah um, you did see about the the Nolan to bring it into Nolan verse again. That no, then there was a special offer of Nolan films. There is so on, on on iTunes at the minute. There is an offer on for well straight away this week only. Demolition Man four quid. Why would you not? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, in regards to Christopher Nolan, so got to learn how to use a three shells somehow. <laughs> so Christopher Nolan six film collection: The Dark Knight trilogy, Prestige, Inception, and Interstellar for thirty quid. That's Where's Dunkirk? Where is Dunkirk? I want to see. Wait, I want to see Tom Hardy in a in a in a mask in a lamb wool's jacket, <laughs> in a in a cockpit, and how I want to explain. I want Christopher Nolan to explain to me how there's four hundred thousand guys on that beach when there's clearly no. <laughs> um, well, but you know that's just me. That's just rushing. But yeah, like six films for thirty quid, and it's not a case of. I buy it. I've got to wait a couple of days. As soon as I buy that, that's yeah. mine, and it's on my. It's it pops up on my fucking queue. Like you've got all these to watch now, and yeah. I'm, I'm getting terrible. Like that. That is good, right? That that is good, right? But what I would say is that that price is obviously comparable to physical media. Yeah. yeah. And what I also think is good is that you know they're obviously bringing physical media costs down to make it more attractive next to. A, a yeah. sort of digital copy and obviously giving you a digital copy when you buy a physical copy most of the time yes um that's, the, well, that's what i was going to say was sorry carol no no i was just going to say when i watched gladiator the second time i actually watched the dvd the blu-ray version and each stop saying dvd the blu-ray version and i the watched extras. it with the commentary on 
Right, okay. And watch the extras as well. So it, it's... There is always going to be quality mm. and a reason to buy the physical. And I'm a sucker as well, see, for, like, packaging and, like, yeah. a nice sort of presentation. I think as well that's why a steelbook's quite nice as well. Right, um, okay. There's a really nice shining steelbook out just now, and it's a yellow cover with the, the maze on it. Right, but it just okay. spells out different quotes from the movie. All right, cool. And it comes with... It comes with a key, a room two three seven key oh. uh, fob, which nice. I've got already. I bought I bought it like off a website um, right. for my keys because I'm a big shining nerd, <laughs> and you know. But I think sometimes it's good to have that physical thing that you can open and you can break, it and it's uh, you know when it has like maybe an art an art book with it or it has yeah. a pamphlet or something where that you can you can ingest. You know, mm. I feel with a physical copy, you've got that. I've bought this. This is tangibly mine. Yeah. See, my... We are... Digital copy, you don't have that. Well, to an extent. So my, my issue is that I can... I fully agree with what you're saying, right? So one of my... In terms of Blu-rays, I don't have that many Blu-rays. I've got more... My DVD to Blu-ray show, it's leaning more towards DVD. My problem was when I first moved up um, to Glasgow, like, I didn't... I couldn't be bothered. It, there was too many DVDs to bring up. There just wasn't... That I was just like, I can't be bothered with that much luggage to bring up it's just it's ridiculous yeah and I'm, you know netflix was kicking off amazon you know amazon prime there's plenty and i had i had apple tv i'd had apple, apple tv for about two years and i'd already started to build up a collection but having said that there are some favorite blu-rays that i've still got that like so for example referring to inception whilst i've even got it because it was a it, like what you're referring to dvd blu-ray and digital um so i've got the digital one on an apple tv but the Blu-ray actually came in a in a silver case, with the uh, with an instruction guide of how to use the Dream Machine and a totem, and it was like yep. the numbered the numbered version of the totem of how many versions it was, and it was like twelve quid on Play.com, back when Play.com was still a thing. God bless it, rest in peace. Um, but then at the same time, I've got like the <laughs> I've got I think I've got the fifteenth anniversary of Jaws, which came in a really nice black leather bound case with stills from the film a book on it like the soundtrack the film and a poster like a, a send-off for the poster and stuff um so i do have them but in my yeah. head i love the fact that i could we i could m- magically fucking fuck off to overseas and all the films i've got uh, bought would be on apple tv and still wait for me when i go over there do you know what i mean like i love and you wouldn't I, even need how you wouldn't even have to have the same device that's no, a good thing about it exactly and it's that you know I, and, and terrible as it sounds it is that convenience of do i want to get off a sofa or do i want to just look for it and see what's available where is it i think Netflix? video games do it better in terms right. of a reason to buy the physical game they give you a lot of stuff which often can be quite i don't want to use the word shite but sometimes it can just be shite that they mm. give you um like i looked at the last of us too basically see like what kind of special editions it was that and they're offering you like the LA statue, the quarantine dog tag thing, and all that, and I'm just like, I'm not interested in that. I'm not right. 15. It's not going to work out. I can't. I can't pick up women with that. Um, <laughs> so it's not going. It's not going to happen, right? So, but in terms of an actual fan feel, and you know, there's a, there was a version of Jurassic Park that came out a while ago that came with a tin, and it came right. with like a, a, a opening day like lanyard with a. The, the sort of um, laminated pouch like and all that, and uh, yeah, 
like a pass for the, the actual park and stuff right. and i'm not gonna lie i would i would have that and i'd hang it about my house you've been in my house you know what it's like there's stuff everywhere like your eye gets drawn to stuff yeah. it's like buffalo bill's house um, <laughs> except less creepy obviously there's not less any skin. mannequins and i've not i've not i've not got a girl in a well or anything like that true very true i do occasionally sing goodbye horses but so <laughs> join me thursday night clap and i fucking break that one out fucking hell um but right so, so tuck it you, back boys jesus do you think you would ever um make that transition from physical to digital to full digital nah never ever because see the other day the other day i was trying to find even with streaming services right i was trying to find i was wanting to watch underworld right and i know it's not a great movie right but i like underworld as a movie right just just because kate beckett sells it just admit it no, mate. It's cause it's vampires and werewolves, right? Oh, right fair. And I've I've got that thing for vampires. And remember, I was telling you the whole thing about like you know, bought that statue and stuff like that. Right, so I'm oh, right. looking into vampires, right? Cool. I'm looking forward to the new blade as well, obviously. Yes. And you know, I wanted to watch it and then watch the second one, and I was kind of like, oh, this is not in any streaming. And I was kind of like, why? Because it's not exactly like a film that's going to rake in hundreds of thousands of like people to watch it so it's not something that you need to pay a lot of money for but then there's the opposite of that that if a film's not popular enough doesn't make it onto onto a um a streaming Did, service well yeah but yeah digital thing. service that's the thing like yeah it might not make it on streaming but like i don't know i just the, it's weird like i can't sell the perks of digital but it for me i just think it's the convenience of being able to put like I love, for one, and I don't know why I do it, but because I'm just like, oh shit, that's where that money's gone. I often do when I work, walk out of cinema, and if it's good, for example, it. So as soon as I went to, walked out of it, iTunes have got pre-orders at the bottom, and it was on there. Hey, and boy. And I just, hey, boy. And I just pre-ordered <laughs> it straight away, and as soon as, you know, fucking months down the line, fucking 13 quid's coming out of my account, I'm like, where the fuck's that? And it's like, your pre-order of it is now available. And I'm like, oh, all right, fair enough, that's cool. That's fine, and at the same Still time, yeah. the, the, when you talk about extras, like my Gladi- my digital version of Gladiator has got all the extras on it, commentary, deleted scenes, you know, all the shit that was on the original anniversary, tenth anniversary, I think it was like a three disc version with the soundtrack. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just I just think the way we're going, it wouldn't surprise me that. Can I also put another point? What? You, no, you go ahead with what you're saying. It wouldn't no, surprise just, you that. Sorry, I, it, I've just it wouldn't surprise, I'm just terrible su- at it. It wouldn't surprise me that it, it starts to dwindle. Um, you know, when mm. you look at advancements like, you know, a PlayStation 5 coming out where I don't think physical media will be necessary. It will get to the point where it's not necessary. I've pre-ordered Last of Us 2. I know it's a game and not a film, but I've pre-ordered that. And in a couple of days' time before the film's game's release, it will be downloaded on my PlayStation, ready to play. I won't have to wait for it to come through the door, um, the, the fucking post box. See, I, I've ordered it physically because I know for a fact I'll get it before they release it. Well, yeah, fair. Okay. Well, we'll see. So that's there's, that's that's a that's a possible, but that's not a major thing. A major those concern are in my movie. Brave words, mate. Those are brave words. You so uh, so I can I can more. I can be a dominator and be like, I've already seen it. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's where I'm at, and I think I just think it's the way forward that I'm probably going to end up going, and I think it will be for a lot of people in the future. Um, but we will have One other thing see. about like physical, and yeah. this has always been my thing is, 
see when I got the physical copies, this is DVD, not Blu-ray, yeah. the yeah. physical extended versions of Lord of the Rings, the four-disc yes. versions. Yes. Came that the... was my go-to. Came yeah, it, the... it was like the three books. No, I had, I had. Right? So you have the special edition versions that had Did you... the... Um... Like the statues of Minas Tirith and all that. Yeah, I had two towers. No, I just got I, the book versions. I got two towers. It was like the, the book. Golem. It was magic. It was the book, and I'm no joking. I have watched see the making of more than I've watched Lord of the Rings. Yes. Because yeah, it definitely. fascinates me. I love to hear how they make things and how they do this and do that. How they designed creatures and I, it's just. I love seeing that, you know, you know, part of the curtain in Wizard of Oz and see behind and see how they did all that. Uh, it, it, it's great. And if that does go into digital, then that's fair enough. But I love having physical media. And I think with things like special editions, like I've got an Evil Dead that's the actual Necronomicon and it's like the book and yeah, you open yeah. it up and it's got the DVD inside. Yeah. I've actually got Evil Dead 1, 2 and 3 on VHS, Blu-ray and DVD. We sound so fucking cool. You- um, you you could say that I like the Evil Dead very much. So <laughs> well, it's like to, you, when you're talking about behind the scenes stuff of making it how it make, how it gets made. I watched straight after I watched Inception last night. I watched how they produced the um, the hotel hallway fight with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Which yeah, fucking man, just watched like if you've got next time you watch Inception, try and watch the behind the scenes on that because that is incredible. Um, but mate, I think. What's your what's your gauge on this? Is this is this time to call it a day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked I'm about happy. an awful lot. I've done well. Um, I don't know how long it's been, but good lord, probably a while. So we are sitting at two hours. <laughs> but but a lot. we 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 did we did start recording long before. Long. Uh, before. We started actually talking about the show. Well, um, mate, it's been it's been good. I feel like this has been a nice comeback. I've missed you last week. I'm glad that we're back and we're in full swing. Um, but yeah, so do the you do the hard. all the routine relevant stuff that you need to say because it will need to be said. Yeah. So no matter how you consume your movies, just keep consuming movies. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you're subscribed to us. We are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. So get in there every week. Get subscribed so that it pops into your feed and you can listen to us right in your ear holes. Um, also, if you want to, you know, spread the channel, rate, like, rate, and reviews on iTunes. We also appreciate we share on social media. I've been seeing a couple of shares there. Um, and if you've got anything that you feel might be a wee lesson for a movie I need to see, you want to correct something that we've got wrong, or if you just want to tell Nick, you know, I don't know, an opinion, <laughs> tell me get a haircut. Um, let us know. I am at Rushy Only on Twitter, and Nick, where are you? I am at Nick Stanley Forth. You can also get us at Real Good UK. Also, I'd like to draw particular attention to our Instagram page. This is Real Good UK, where you can find short snippets of all the news that we post, all the stories, and a Friday night quiz that we'll be starting to do. We are and doing And if you want to see, yeah, if we we are definitely doing it. <laughs> I've started working on the questions for Friday already. <laughs> if you'd like to know more, if you want to read more, if you want to find out a bit more about us. Go to www.realgood.co.uk. Everything is there. That is your central hub, your link for everything that is real good. Nick, have you got anything else you want to add? 
Uh, yeah, it's got a load of stuff on this week. We've got a review for The Lovebirds, which is Netflix's new film that arrived on Friday. There is a breakdown of the Tenet trailer um, from last week that we're still trying to recover from. And Rushy's got a few things in the pipeline that will be Batman-related, I am sure. Uh, but also find the podcast on there um, and all the various platforms, channels you can all find us on. But yeah, that's a, that's pretty much all of it, mate. Fan Dabby Dozy. So we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please share this with all your friends. And I'm going to leave you with a that. Oh, that's got your heart. And this week, it is that rather unfortunate gladiator that gets cut in half by a chariot as it goes past straight through her middle. <laughs> oh, that's got your heart. Have a good week, everyone. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. It's never going to get old, does it? No, never, never. <laughs> Strength <care>. and honour. <laughs> bye bye now. Bye bye. All the best.